What is going on, everybody? Welcome back. It is Dog Talk with your host, Holden. Glad to have you guys here with you as we get ready for another episode. Coming up, we have got Georgia versus Ball State is going to be the preview that we've got on tap for tonight. So make sure you guys are tuning in on YouTube. Go check out the YouTube channel if you guys have not already checked it out. But let's ju- kind of jump straight into things. We've had a lot that's been going on over the past couple of days, um, not necessarily pertaining to Georgia, but Monday we had football games. You know, we we met on Sunday and we had the uh, the review of that UT Martin game. Still had two games that proved to be large. One we knew was going to be on Monday night between FSU and LSU. It was. It was the fireworks, everything that you wanted to see. And then Monday night had a game we didn't think would be fireworks turned out to be. Now, this is a Georgia football podcast. We're going to get to Georgia football. But these games matter mainly because a couple of these teams, a lot of people around the country believe to be college football playoff-ready teams. And I am one of those as far as FSU goes. I am a bought-in person believing that that FSU is going to be one of those teams at the end of the year that is going to be playing for the college football playoffs. This is my prediction preseason as the final four for the college football playoff is what it's going to shape up to be. Will this actually happen? I don't know. we got a long way to go. You don't really get to predict predict them first thing of the season and then find out immediately you know we've got a lot of weeks of football left to play before we know who's actually going to be playing in this but I believe in FSU I think FSU is going to be really good this year I kind of put them more at like an 11-1 10-2 kind of a season will that happen I don't know we're going to see but they definitely started things off on the right track uh, taking down LSU in big fashion this was a great game in the first half back and forth back and forth lsu has the lead i think like 17 to 14 something like that at the half before the second half fsu took off with it like 31 nothing run in the second half to really take over and dominate this game and really at the end of the game mop up duty if that's what you want to call it there was not enough time for a comeback as far as fsu had gotten the lead lsu gets a touchdown late to just pull that within seven points closer. It didn't matter. It was out of hand by then. I, I don't even remember what it finaled out at, like 45 to 24, something like that. I mean, it was ugly. It was ugly. FSU really pulled away there in the end and dominated that game. Then we fast forward, and, and that matters a lot because, again, you have the LSU game. LSU in my preseason pickings and, and the games that I was looking at, I had LSU losing one game, and this was the game I have them losing. They got to go 11-0 and for the rest of the season for that to happen. Right now, I really don't know if that's what's going to happen. You know, you kind of expect some teams to take steps up in certain spots. Jaden Daniels looked exactly the same this year as he did last year. Looked exactly the same. I, I kind of expected him to be formed a little bit more. Some of watching Alabama last week, you did see that in Jalen Milrow, where he did look like maybe he has made some changes. But I didn't see that in an LSU quarterback. I don't know if they're going to stick with him the whole time, if they'll eventually go with, what is it, Musburger, I think is his last name, whoever the guy is that came in after him in the SEC championship game that last year against us. And really, it wasn't a step down for LSU. They continued to move the ball and really effectively, offensively, and through the air with him as a backup. So not really sure what's going to happen there. Uh, I think the the funnier part of it was more of Brian Kelly and listening to him talk. Um and really just kind of ramble. He he is the coach I've realized that will put his team under the bus at any point in time. He will immediately throw his players under the bus as opposed to just taking it on the chin as a coach himself Um, is what it is. But then we move forward to the next game. Again, Georgia Football Podcast. But Clemson 
a team the past couple of years who's really been reeling, trying to figure out what it is that they're missing. And they haven't had terrible seasons. I think both of the past two seasons, they've still had nine win or ten win seasons at least. Um, I believe the year before it was ten. may have only been nine. But either way, they've had pretty good seasons. Hadn't been losing records at all. Last year, they they thought they didn't have the quarterback situation figured out with DJ Uyunglele. He ends up going to Oregon State. Putting on, putting on a show in his first game there at Oregon State. Again, different competition, but nonetheless, they stick with Klubnik. He comes in Monday night, and Clemson's offense looked worse than it did last year, scoring seven points against Duke. 28-7 to was the final. 28-7. Maybe it was more than that. I think it was it. I think it was 28-7. to They lost by three touchdowns to Duke at Duke, something that we definitely don't see happen. But week one of the season, Clemson all of a sudden looks like they're out of the college football playoff talk. AP poll has come out. They're sitting at the bottom of it. I've never seen Clemson that low in the last seven years, you know, since they've really kind of come onto the college football playoff scene and been in that multiple years in a row where they're right there on the verge of getting in to that. So I really don't know, but that, those were two really good football games to watch. Um, and some of that was Clemson shooting themselves in the foot on mon- Monday, but I mean, defensively, Clemson is the team that you expect defensively to be able to stop teams, and they still have guys on defense. Uh, A lot of it was just offensively mistakes, you know, turning the ball over a couple of times in the red zone, can't do that. Um, One was, I think, a drop punt, can't do that either, especially when it's in plus territory for the team that you're playing against. But those were the two big games that we couldn't cover, obviously, since Sunday, so I did want to take at least a second and kind of run back over those because that's two teams, again – it's different. It's going to be different this year um, for all three of them, possibly. Potentially, LSU still has the opportunity to kind of get back in the game. They're not necessarily out. Clemson, to me, I don't, I don't know how they get back in. I don't know how they go 11-0, and with exception to FSU when they meet here. I think I think end of this month, they'll meet each other. And FSU's ranked really high right now. Uh, the AP poll came out, like I said, um, I don't know if I actually pulled it up here, but regardless, I'll try to kind of go by memory or looking at least through the top 10 of them, and maybe we'll look beyond that too. Um, what the AP poll ended up lining up, but FSU's in a good spot, so Clemson's going to have to do a lot to kind of climb back into this. Let's get into some other news and notes. One of the other things that I'd seen, obviously we've got all these clock and rule changes that are going on with the clock. You know, the first down, we kind of talked about that. It really only shaves a few plays off the game total. But the thing that I've noticed, and I've noticed other people are noticing this as well, it's like we're, we're making these changes to the clock and the rules with the clock, but the games still last either the same amount of time, if not longer, and that's because there's so many commercials, you know, or ads if you're, if you're streaming games that you, you still have the same three-and-a-half-hour football game that you're watching. Nothing's sped up, really. It's just less time that they're actually playing football on the field. So it, it's kind of strange, but I don't understand why if we're going to make these rules to try to shorten the game, why are we filling it with all this ad revenue? It is what it is. I know they've got to make their money, but I think they've made plenty. Um, just just my opinion, but it is what it is. Let's get into some kind of crazy stats. I saw this on Twitter this past week. Uh, it's from Jonathan Williams at Dr. J. Will. Uh, these are some crazy 2021 stats. Blew my mind on some of these. Um, and this is first, and there's two points to this. First point, 
If you played Georgia in 2021 regular season, you had a 62% chance of your drive either ending in a turnover or a three and out. 62% of the time in 2021, Georgia's defense was so good that you either had a three and out or you turned the ball over when playing Georgia. That's an average over the entire season. That's an average over what ended up being 15 football games throughout the entire season. You had a 62% chance of either turning it over or you went three and out against that defense because that defense was, I still, I still, in my opinion, at least, and there's a lot of biasy to it. So, so be it. What it is? Hey, we're Georgia podcast, right? But that's the best defense I've ever seen in my life. Not saying much because I hadn't seen a lot of football in my life. I'm younger than uh, a, a few of you guys out there, but. That, that's a stout defense. And then here's the other one that really blows your mind. This tells you how good the offense was doing, but also how well the defense stood as well, not allowing teams to score. If Georgia had done nothing, listen to this. This is the one that just went poof. If Georgia had done nothing but punt every single possession in the second half of every single game in 2021, Georgia still would have won 13 football games. Excuse me? In 15 games... The University of Georgia's defense was so good and their offense put up enough points to where in the second half of every single one of the games, Georgia couldn't have done anything but punt and would have still won 13 football games. Obviously, we know if you're actually playing the game, whatever happens after that, you know, things might get a little bit squirrely if you truly just got the ball and kicked it. But regardless, you understand what I'm saying. That that, that stat is mind-blowing. The entire season, the second half, if you did nothing but punted the ball all year long for the rest, you still win 13 football games? Blows my mind. Let's go back to some more stats from last year while we're kind of on this little rant rolling through it right here. We get, and this is this will be the last I talk about the slow start from last week because a lot of teams had that. But a couple of notes here. We had slow starts against Sanford. We had slow starts against Kent State. We had a awful game overall against Missouri last year it's okay if we start slow and this is the thing that I wanted to make a point on we started all those games slow didn't necessarily win it by what we thought but what happened on January 9th you want another national championship so we got to just chill out that's all there is to it all right let's get to the AP poll real quick top 10 rounds out like this not really a lot of change other than really Florida State being the big one uh, Georgia went one, Michigan two, Alabama three, Florida State four, Ohio State five. That was kind of the big change was they t- took Ohio State, dropped them a couple of spots. Florida State comes all the way from eighth. Alabama does jump up to third. USD, USC excuse me, stays at six. Penn State staying at seven. Washington jumping from 10 to eight. Tennessee from 12 to nine. And Notre Dame from 13 to 10. That's the top 10. Some of the other ones around the country, too. Utah is at 12. I'm kind of going down the line here looking at some of these other ones because they're not in order. Texas at 11, Oregon at 13, uh, LSU 14. So that didn't fall too bad. That's what I mean. Clemson falls all the way down. I think it was 25th. I know Tulane's 24th. Yeah, Clemson at 25. So a little bit of a change up that's going on there. Most of it in the top 10 is what we're kind of going to focus on throughout the season because not a lot of it necessarily matters, again, until we get late into the season because, 
of all these 10 teams right here, a lot can change. And a lot is going to change because there are teams that are on this list. They're going to play each other. Georgia's got to play Tennessee. Alabama's got to play Tennessee. These teams are all going to play each other. Ohio State, Michigan, they're, they're going to eventually end up playing each other. So you have a lot of these matchups that are going to happen. Notre Dame, I think they're meeting up with Florida State. Well, I don't know if Notre Dame and Florida State, it doesn't matter. But you got a lot of these games that are going to match up. So this top 10 is going to fluctuate. So that's going to be the main part that we're going to pay attention to as we kind of play through some of these uh, games going through let's kind of take a little bit of an injury update that i did want to uh look at at least a little bit see if i can get them to pull up here yeah so this is what we kind of had this was one thing i wanted to make sure we noted on this as well last week in the game that we played and we talked about it a little bit we're facing a lot of adversity as we come into this a lot of players were missing in that first game against ut martin kendall milton did come in and play we talked about this he played at about 90 percent uh kirby sounds like uh, he's starting to kind of get back up into shape the john did not play at all did say that if he needed to he could have went in there but there wasn't any point in putting him in the game He's not in a black jersey, but he still has a, a brace on that knee. So I don't know what that means this week. It may be another let's hold out until we get to uh, that next week. Smile Munden played. Kamari played. It sounds like both of those guys are getting back into shape, which is good. Dan Jackson played, so we're going to see all of those. He did say that Marcus Roseme Jack Saint does. We are planning to see him this week against Ball State. Uh, so that's good. That gives you another wide out to be able to throw to out there for uh Carson Beck, my goodness, almost blanked on a quarterback name. Uh, the, one, the one big one that's still lingering, and, and I don't have an answer to this, it doesn't sound like Kirby does either, is Lab McConkie. Lab McConkie is battling a back injury that they say that has been nagging, and it's happened last year too, uh, where he'll kind of be going and everything's fine, and all of a sudden it's almost like it locks up on him. So I really don't know when we're going to see Lad. This could be something that really lingers deeper into the season than most of us expect, most of us anticipate. Now, I'd be glad to see him against ball state trust me I, I, the guy who brought back the most for you from last season to be able to see him back on the field that's exciting that, that that's what everybody wants to see but we need him deep into the season more than we do these first few weeks of the season uh, so i'd much rather him take the time to rehab get better get healthy and come back more at that 100 percent mark than say 90 percent that if we need him he can come but we don't have to have him at that time. And I know they said Brock Bowers was even dinged up, but that dude ain't going to come off the field even if you want him to. So that was kind of a funny thing to see, but that's understandable. I have not seen any other updates as far as uh, injuries or anything like that goes, but I'll kind of keep an eye out um, and just keep an eye out on socials. I usually post if something like that was to come up. That way uh, you guys can see it as well. So, did want to say thank you guys for being here uh, tonight. I'm glad to have you guys here. Looking forward to uh, another episode with everybody. One thing, if you guys don't mind, if you are watching on YouTube, make sure you hit that like button. Uh, make sure you hit the subscribe button if you haven't already. Um, did did decide to actually do a hype video. Um, I don't I don't own. Obviously, I'm not there filming all of this stuff, and obviously the music don't either but i just like putting a video together for people to be able to enjoy uh, and be entertained by so make sure you guys check that out as well if you guys want to support the show uh all of this is in the links of the description of the show no matter where you listen apple podcast spotify our radio does not matter where you're listening to this podcast all of the links to go to youtube twitter x whatever instagram facebook page everything the patreon to support the show uh patreon.com forward slash dog talk i think is what it is 
all of the links, all you got to do is hit that link. It's going to take you to a link tree, and it's simple to click whatever link you want to go to wherever, uh, and you can do all of those things. So I greatly appreciate it, but I'm glad to have everybody here as we get into the show. Now, let's get into the deep part of what we're here to talk about. That's the Georgia and Ball State game that we've got coming up this weekend. Playing at 12 o'clock, we are playing on the SEC Network. You don't have to stream this game. You get to watch this one from the comfort of your house, not having to stream it from wherever you guys have to stream it because like i said last week i have to go to i have to go somewhere to stream a game can't do it from a house don't have good internet don't have good signals so sometimes it's hard to do this show in general just getting it out that's why i'm hoping next year we'll have better internet to where i can kind of do more and have more fun with this show and get you guys even more involved when that time comes but we got to wait for that gotta wait for that so here we go let's get into the georgia and ball state preview first thing georgia last week put on the field 559 yards of offense carson beck had a great great night again yes it started slow but it ended fast everything ended great for georgia again a 41 point win you cannot be upset about carson Beck's stat line 21 for 31 294 yards had two total touchdowns one through the air and one running like stetson bennett uh of days of last year on the on the on the field so i was i was glad to see this i was excited to see uh, what georgia put on the field and not concerned like a lot of us have been and i'm, I'm not really sure why there's still concern out there that that georgia is not going to be able to put up points you know even back to 2014 in the in the conversation of mike bobo we changed mike bobo actually set the record for georgia of points per game I think we ended like 41 points something, so over 41 points averaging per game in 2014. So let's not put it all on Bobo. We put up 559 yards. No, we didn't do it in the first quarter, but we did it over the whole football game. It was a great football game. It was, it was, it was in the end, a great football game. Nothing to complain about. So there's no need to do it. Ball State is not necessarily a team that is really scary, they weren't a very good football team last year. And I do think they had a pretty good game uh, against Kentucky last week. I say that. I think the final was like 44-14, to 14, so it didn't seem that way. But the first half of the game was a lot closer than I think what everybody anticipated it being. Um, I think for everybody, it was just a slow start. Michigan didn't have a, a, a fast start. They didn't end by a big margin either. It was fairly close in their game. Ohio State, same thing. Georgia slow start ended ended fine alabama slow start ended fine all of these games had slow starts but most of them ended fine the way they're supposed to everybody's knocking off rust everybody's trying to get back into the flow of things and usually the first start of the season that's kind of the way things go occasionally you had that kent state of last year where you're not pulling away from a team like you anticipated and i don't really anticipate that being much of an issue uh against ball state this week ball state like i like i've said in the past don't think that they're a team that's really going to give you uh much of a scare but they are a team that you can't just sleep on you can't just show up in this football game and think that you're going to beat them 102 to nothing just because they're a, a mac team doesn't matter ball state again 44 to 14 they lose to kentucky last week but they were able to throw the ball fairly not not well i would say but Carson Beck throws for almost 300 yards. We end up with 400 yards worth of offense as far as passing the ball goes. 
They threw for 223 is what they threw for against Kentucky. Didn't rush the ball quite as effectively, 72 yards, but their turnovers was the big thing against Kentucky. And there, you take a couple of these turnovers away, all of a sudden this could be a little bit closer game, possibly even a 28 to 44, or maybe a 21, maybe just a 17. It, it could be the difference in three to 14 points uh, in those turnovers. Never know how that goes when you're not actually seeing what happens um, with it. One of the big things that I want to see happen in this football game is I want to see, I want to see the guys who are going to step up in these spots that we have slacking. You know, last week it was Makai Muse. He stood he stepped up in a huge way. I mean, he had a a career game as his debut for the Georgia Bulldogs. We saw it some in the spring. But it's different when you're in season in a game that does have records. Your records are kept on these games forevermore. It'll it'll be going down in history as a game that you played at the University of Georgia. And the stats that you compiled in those games, they are going down in a book somewhere. Uh, so he stepped up in that. I want to see him continue to do that. Having Marcus Rosemey Jack Saint back, I think I think he's fired up and ready for this. I've heard so much about Dylan Bell as a guy who should be a, a workhorse out there for the wideouts. And again, we talked about this, I think, last week after we reviewed it. Or maybe it was even a preview. And I, I, I look at the wide receiver room, and, and Kirby says we're actually a little thin there. Maybe it's in his eyes of, you know, we've got guys who are not quite where we want them to be. I don't think we're ever going to be completely where we want to be with these guys. But we still have a lot of them. Again, Marcus Rosemey, Jack Saint, you got Mike, Makai Muse out there now. You have uh, – I just said him. Dylan Bell is another one. You have uh, C.J. Smith, who, I mean, huge plays last week. And then you've got the couple of transfers in Rara and in Dom. And then if you ever get Ladd back, I mean, that's a lot of guys. And even with Ladd out right now, I want to see some of these other guys step up. Arian Smith, another huge one, one of the fastest dudes, I think, in college football. Let's see him step up in this position. And now that Carson, I think, again, kind of getting comfortable in that first half of the game against UT Martin. Now with him kind of easing into things, same thing. Let's see him get in here and kind of ease into the football game again and start to kind of let it loose a little bit. I would see, a, I would like to see us run the ball more effectively as well, especially if Kendall's more at that 100% now. Again, don't really anticipate seeing much of Dijon unless it's kind of like, our, we got to have something, a little bit of a spark. Kendall was that spark for us last week. Uh, Roderick Robinson, he looked good, too, coming in the game as well. One of the fastest guys who I wasn't really anticipating showing up in that spot was Cash Jones. Watching him run kind of on the outside, I was like, man, that dude's quick. Roderick is, too, but he kind of reminds me more of the, uh, you know, Elijah Holyfield kind of runner. He's that dude who's going to just bull run you right over. Um, and you can tell with a lot of these guys, Andrew Paul, too, they still have some learning to do, you know, cutting here, you know, which hole, which gap to run through. So there's still some learning curves that have to be learned in this, and, and that's all part of it. Again, playing at the collegiate level is different than playing just in a high school um, position there. But I, I, I still think Georgia is in a really good position here. This is not a game that I can dive too terribly deep into again. Next week we'll kind of get to talk more and more about a team who truly should – honestly on paper match up a little bit better last week against ut martin georgia's like a 50 point favorite this week georgia's like a 42 point favorite so you're still a really good favorite over a team that you should handle easily that's the reason these lines are that high also the reason i don't take the pick with the points anymore and i told you guys that in the past anytime that i take georgia in the points that they lay don't go with me because it never happens i'm fairly certain i've never gotten maybe one 
over the past three seasons that I've done this, when I take the points with Georgia, it don't happen. Don't know why. And it, it's probably more than that. But I've really gotten to where I don't. I just pick that Georgia is either going to win it or lose it. And over the past few years, it's been pretty simple to say Georgia's going to win it. Um, so it's almost like a lock for that. But, I mean, it's ball state. I think you're not making any money off of it if you actually do anything to it anyways. But Georgia's expected to win this football game and expected to win it by big. Uh, so those, you know, that's, that's – that's kind of all I have as far as what I feel about that. We can at least get to the keys to the game and, and, and see what I'm feeling on this. Some of it's similar to last week on the keys to the game. Offensively, Carson Beck, I put him in here again, and I know it's like, all right, you know, I'm a, what makes it a key? I want to see him this week get in that comfort zone a little bit quicker, You know, get a little bit more comfortable in the pocket and do that sooner than it being you know second half before he really starts to kind of lay into the game. So Carson Beck, I'd like to see him be a key to the game. Getting getting comfortable early and starting to kind of open things up there with the playbook. Then stepping up in keys. This is what I'm talking about with these players. I want to see who's stepping up in these key spots uh, that we've had missing. You know, I want to see some of these wide ups, wide outs step up. And with Dijon still being hurt and, and hopefully having Kendall back more, you're going to see this. But with these other running backs, these backups, I want to see them get carries and and be effective. Be effective on the offense is the other thing. And then defensively, I want to see some turnovers. Let's start to kind of create turnovers in this. Again, last week, Ball State had a couple of them in that loss to Kentucky. I think Georgia can kind of continue that, whether it's putting it on the ground. I think they fumbled it twice, um, neither of which were interceptions. But you can see that Ball State does like to throw the football, so I think this is a good opportunity uh, for our secondary to get in that same defensive key there being able to create turnovers and then the last part of that is just don't get lazy i think this is a key that you could put every week but against these teams that again georgia is expected to beat and expected to beat by a lot um i really don't i think it's very easy for some of these guys to get lazy the good thing about it is kirby's able to kind of you know he's kind of able to battle against that because once not really necessarily when he sees a guy get lazy because most of that's not going to happen. But once the game starts to get out of hand, you have backups that are coming in. you got second string, third string. I don't know if they're even putting fourth string in there. It could be um, because so many of the guys in first and second string get reps that you may as well be a first stringer even in the second string because they're in there so early. I don't think you have to worry as much about the complacency as far as getting lazy because these guys are ready to get in the game. And when they get in the game, there's not much of a step down. There's not much of a step down, at least right now. That's in the ones and twos and possibly down to the threes. You got dudes on defense for sure, uh, which is a good thing. So that's the keys to the game. This week I got Carson Beck offensively. Let's see him get comfortable early and open up that playbook and then st stepping up in key positions there. And then on defensively, let's see some turnovers and then uh, – Let's just try not to get lazy with the football. My prediction on it, I didn't get the graphic up, but I'll make sure to tweet this out as well as put it out on uh, Instagram as well for you guys. But I've got it 52-3. to three. I think that's how we're going to pick it this week. 52-3, to three, I think Georgia starts to open things up offensively early, hopefully not creating the concern that everybody had this past week. But even if we, I, I could see this be a game where Kirby's like, Bobo, run the ball all night. Run the ball all night. And you win the game, I don't know. 35 to 7 something like that a little bit closer just because he's like i don't care we're gonna win the football game how we got to win the game i'm not worried about how y'all feel about it but i feel like george is going to kind of open some things up here and then defensively that wasn't a touchdown against us last year so i or last year last week i don't anticipate georgia allowing that to happen this week could be wrong but 52 to 3 is how i've got it picked uh this week now let's get to 
some other games around the country because there are some bigger ones that are going on around the country as well. And here's a few of them. A few of them are going to be in my picks of the week. You got Ole Miss traveling to Tulane. That's a 20th versus 24th ranked team. So Ole Miss traveling to Tulane. Tulane ranked in the top 24, top 25. They look like a pretty good team last year. I think they upset a couple of teams throughout the season that wasn't necessarily anticipated. So that one I think is going to end up being a little bit of a bigger one. Uh, A&M is traveling to Miami. I think that one could be a good one as well. This is kind of – some of these are going to be let's, – let's answer some questions. You know, A&M we see as a team, and a lot of people are picking A&M to be pretty good. I am not. I still think A&M finishes around the bottom of the West. But that's because I don't think the West is terrible. I just think the West is down, which means – they're not gonna. You're not gonna have like a bunch of eight, nine win teams that are gonna be on the West. I think you're gonna have some sevens, some six win teams that are gonna be over there in the West. You're gonna have the nine and even the ten, possibly even eleven win teams over in the West as well. But I, th- I, I just I'm not as high on A and M uh, this season. And then you got some of the other big ones. Utah's traveling to Baylor. This is another one. Let's see what Utah truly is. I don't know if Cam Rising's back. Uh, Baylor did not look good last week. They lost to Texas State. Let's see if that was true or if that was a fluke. Kind of the same thing with Clemson. Clemson's not playing anybody this week, but let's see if Clemson bounces back offensively in a good way. Let's see if Baylor does this too or if they lay down and you see, okay, they're just not a good football team this year. And that could be part of it. Uh, you got Notre Dame and NC State. Notre Dame expected to win this one pretty good, but NC State over the past couple of years has been a good football team. They're slowly kind of starting to trickle down uh, back off of that. You don't see them in the top 25 anymore. So still think that's going to be a good game. Obviously the one that everybody's talking about, Nebraska and Colorado, for the reasons of itself, uh, doubting Colorado. You know, nobody – a lot of people were doubting what could happen, but everybody I think was excited uh, for what did happen when it happened and there's been some controversy around the game uh since then just because again a lot of talking goes on afterwards uh but right now let's see let's see if colorado can keep this thing going they're traveling to or actually nebraska's coming to colorado so this is the first game that's at home for colorado i know i saw a tweet that came out that colorado's game the the cheapest seat that you can get is more expensive than the cheapest or the most expensive nfl ticket right now that's not right though because i know a box seat in in an nfl game is much more i think it's the the latter it was the cheaper and cheaper the most cheap seat that you could get at the colorado game right now is more expensive like twice as expensive as the cheapest nfl seat that you could get right now and it's going to be packed it's going to be packed in boulder as nebraska comes to it uh i've got auburn over cal too i think that's going to be a big one that's where we're going to kind of get to the weekly picks i don't think i got my picks in on my graphic i don't but that's not the end of the world but yeah, I did have that. Okay, but Auburn and Cal, I think that's one that's going to be a good football game too. We've we've got football all day, all day. I love when I used to hate when Georgia played at twelve o'clock because I was like, man, we play, and then it's like, yeah, I get to watch football for the rest of the day, but it's like, eh. But when we play later, I'm like, man, is this game ever going to you know get here? And Kirby's kind of the same way. I know he's said before that recruiting when we play at lunch is good because you get these guys in here quickly they get to watch the game you get to spend some time with them afterwards and then everybody goes about their business and you get to enjoy the rest of your day when it's a later game those recruits don't get that time as much beforehand when the game's over most of the time everybody's kind of ready to go especially last week like i said that game still lasted three and a half hours even though it kicked off at six o'clock and you know i'm driving home thinking okay it's eight thirty, right and i look and it's 10 o'clock i was like oh 
much later than what I thought it was. Uh, but nonetheless, that is what it is. Um, to the weeks or to the weekly picks. Again, don't have the graphic. I'll tweet this out when I get it ready. But I got Georgia over Ball State. Easy. First pick. Second pick, Ole Miss over Tulane. I'm not, I'm not picking a, a spread on this one. I think it's – I don't remember what it is. It's like four and a half maybe. It's it's close to a field goal. Uh, but Ole Miss on the road at Tulane, this is going to be another one to me. Let's see what Ole Miss's offense actually looks like. Last year, again, they started off on fire like 6-0, 7-0 starting the season, and then they fell apart at the end of the season when they truly started to run into some tougher opponents. Can Tulane be that first test of the season for Lane? No pun intended, but can that be a test for them starting the season? So at least give me Ole Miss over Tulane. Not picking a spread or anything on this one. Then we got A&M at Miami. Again, I don't think a and necessarily going to finish very well in the West, my opinion. This season I've got them closer to the bottom of the West. Uh, but I think they get the win here. I think this is at least a statement win for A&M before they start to really kind of dive into a little bit tougher. You know, they, they've got ULM, I think, coming up after it. But then it starts to get a little rocky. you got Auburn, Arkansas, Alabama at Tennessee, uh, and then obviously – finishing out the season against some tougher opponents there. So things are going to get a lot tougher after they get past these next couple of games. But Miami is a good test for them. This is also a test to see, hey, Miami, are you actually something this year? Are you not? You know, every so often you get that little bit of a rowling up of, hey, Miami's coming back. You know, the Texas, we're back. And it kind of fizzles. Nothing really happens. So let's see if Miami actually is anything this year. And let's see if Texas A&M is. I think this is a good time to put that up. So give me A&M over Miami, and I am going to take that minus four uh, for Texas A&M in this one. I think they can beat them more than that. Six, seven points. I could see it right there at it. Then Auburn, I've got Auburn over Cal in this one. It's a close one, too. That one's six and a half Auburn's way, and I'm going to take those points, too. I think Auburn can win by I, – I, I could see this one a touchdown, yes, but I could see it more like a ten-point uh, win for Auburn. But I could also see Auburn's offense all of a sudden coming alive like they did last week against UMass and really thumping Cal – on the road again that's a long way from home it's a long way to travel a lot later playing at 10 30 i think that night uh so that's that's a little bit later into the night uh, that you have that game going on there but i'll still take auburn over cal and i'll take that minus six and a half so that is my weekly picks the last big game that you have going on and i'm not picking this one it's number 11 texas at number three uh alabama that's going to be a huge game it's game day that one's happening at 7 p.m but like i said you get to watch georgia at lunchtime Get into the 3 o'clock slate. you got uh, the Texas A&M and Miami game. A couple of other games, Nebraska and, and, and Colorado are also playing at lunch before that. But then as time kind of trickles, you get into that 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock time, and then you start to get that Texas-Alabama. Some of these other big games, Wisconsin, Wazoo, they're going to be playing later on. USC and Stanford playing that night. Don't think that one's going to necessarily be a big one. I expect USC to take care of business. But then you can watch Cal and, uh, and Auburn late in the night, too. That's that's a really late start for an Auburn football team, but that's the right one. Alright. We're going to wrap it up right there with it. You guys, make sure you follow us on Twitter, Instagram, all of those things, at DogTalk20. And uh, that's our preview episode. Again, come back Sunday afternoon and we'll have the review of this game. Looking forward to seeing what the dogs put on the field on Sunday. Hopefully, we don't have a bunch of complaining going on regardless of what happens. But whatever does happen, we'll check in with you guys once we come back for the reviewing of Georgia and Ball State. Good dogs. Good dogs.